Oh, listeners, I must say that that our next guest, Michael Harold and Quinn Peeper, are the kind of guests I'd like to have on every week. They're so wonderful. <laughs> Great sense of humor, you guys. Great flair, style, just about everything Thank wrapped you. in here. The actually, book. Actually, I think I think what we'd prefer is to come to your place. Oh yeah, I, want to, I, I mentioned that to the well, publicist, that? but I never got any response. Oh. <laughs> I want to come. To, well, come on I'm, down. <laughs> You're more than welcome to come. In fact, I think we probably open up the house probably too much to people we don't even know sometimes. But it's always an adventure. <laughs> Anyhow, the book, listeners, is Classical Shindig, subtitled Amateur Artistry from the Simple to the Sublime. Um, I have a question right off the the bat here, um, Michael and Quinn, is uh, why use Shindig? You address that in in the start of the book. But it just seems it's all so creative and um, elevated and elegant, I, 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 what you do is. So why call it shindig? Well, I think that refers to um, my grandmother um, who she was given a, she used to always throw open her house. She lived in Arkansas, in the Arkansas Delta, and she would throw this open her Quinn. house for any kind. Of, yeah, this is Quinn. Throw up the house open the house for any kind of occasion. And on this particular occasion, uh, it was for a a post-gathering after a funeral. And my brother and sister and I were there every every weekend growing up. And um, so I can hear her now telling us, you know, you all have to quit playing fort and fold up those blankets and get the house in order because we're having some people over. You know, it's going to be a sad occasion because of this, uh, you know, funeral and um so being a good english student um my english teacher told me you know these are the vocabulary words try to use them this week um so i said well okay uh what time is what time is the big shindig and my grandmother just stopped in her tracks she just couldn't believe it because uh she was a she was um she was the sunday school uh chairman at the southern baptist church there and a shindig is uh, really an Irish-derived term, and it usually involves some drinking and dancing, and uh, these were her church folks coming over. So um, ever since then, it's just been kind of a funny term that, that we use, you know, jokingly, and we just refer to anything as a shindig, but it's just a happy gathering. Yeah. yeah, I'm not so sure about the amateur artistry also because I think the artistry is pretty sophisticated. As, oh, wow. As, what, I wish, listeners, that you could see all these photos. You're going to have to get the book and see yeah. all these photos. Um, you know, I was surprised when, when I opened the book. Uh, you had this uh, forward by Henrietta Spencer Churchill, who we've interviewed. Did you listen to her interviews? No. We have to listen. No, I did not know that. We'll go back. Yeah. and yeah, It was was a long time ago. We've been doing this for such a long time. But um, now we love Blenheim, you know. uh, We we used to know the the chef, which is why we would end up there. Um, But certainly splendid, huh? Oh yeah, my gosh! Yeah, we, we actually got married there. Yeah, yeah we, well, we, you we, would. We read, we read that, but and and slightly misspoke because we 
we we were in the same town as Glen Palace. But, oh, but we never but we never ate there and we never slept there. Oh right. <laughs> we we, ate we didn't either. <laughs> but, oh, we, I think we went to the the cafeteria there for lunch. <laughs> no, we were at Clive we were at Cliveden. We stayed at we stayed at Cliveden. Oh, what a gorgeous! Oh, yeah, place. we did too. That's that was, magnificent. That, that was that it? was really jolly. Except my wow. sister-in-law says that we pronounce it wrong. It should be Clifton. <laughs> Clifton. Clifton. Yeah. <laughs> that is a magnificent place to stay. Wow. Yeah. Well, you you guys are both Anglophile, so I said to Peter before we got on. Let's put forth your best Queen's English <laughs> for these guys. <laughs> and, you know, you um, mentioned amateur, and when we talk to our publisher about coming up with the title, we love classical piano music because we play it. We like classicism. We like classical things. And, but we had to come up with, with another tagline, and I wanted to use amateur because the book has a lot of cooking in it. Um, we, have, we have our piano. If Way in the back of the book, you'll see that I think this is kind of not groundbreaking, but we have uh, QR codes, and you can hover your phone over a QR code and listen to us play the yes, piano. Yes, I saw that. Various concerts. But I'm not a professional musician, and I'm not a professional chef. We just like to entertain. We, we enjoy the cooking part. We like to have good food. It doesn't have to be hard. And we don't charge money for people to hear us play at all. If, any, if, if, if people pay a fee, it goes to a charity. That way, I like the fact that we're amateurs and we're not. No one is judging us as much. Um, if the food is not so great, they don't care because they're, they're happy to be in our house. So uh, that's why we really <laughs> wanted to choose amateur. And then Quinn also says, Quinn, the, the meaning of the word is not is is not pejorative. No, not at all. It means you love something. It's, you know, right? Yeah, that's true. Actually, you know, it's a great love of something, fruit. and we we have a great love of everything covered in the book, from uh, truly, you know, setting the table, uh, fixing the dinner, uh, entertaining the guests, playing the music. Well, you know, I I, I have so many questions. Um, honestly, to tell you the truth, my first question is. Where, I know you have a butler's pantry, but where do you keep all this china and silverware and ornaments? <laughs> Wait, this is really funny. When we do presentations, we'll do a PowerPoint presentation. We just did one last weekend at the museum, and we almost can place a bet. What's going to be the first when we when we say, "Does anyone have any questions?" and someone raises his or her hand, <laughs> invariably the question is, "Where do you keep all your stuff?" Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> we have. Skirts over tables with plates under them. We have them in drawers, closets. Oh, my gosh. They're everywhere. Under the bed. Yeah, well, because, I mean, yep. I have a lot of stuff. Because I'm an only child, and everybody passed everything down to me. So I have yes. endless stuff, which I can't seem to get rid of in any way. But, um, we can't part with it. But, but you tell me you put it under table. I remember uh, when I lived in Indianapolis, um, the, the Eli really um, – Somebody is from me, like Lily, um, named Clues. Um, they they used to have. I was at the museum there, the art museum, and they used to have us do a um, like a, a little tour for for the general public of their art collection. And mm-hmm. uh, and you know it was really kind of I, I hated it, but I did it. But this one time I was there and I saw this. They had a table, an occasional table, with the full um, draped tablecloth reaching to the floor. And there was this big round lump that started to move. 
under this tablecloth, and it was Uh-oh. one of the guests looking under the tablecloth to see what she could see underneath there. Oh my gosh! Oh no way! So when you say so, I kept when you mentioned that, I thought you, you wouldn't want this lady in your house. Quinn, <laughs> yeah. tell them about um, the Chardonnay and and the other guy. This is really funny. Uh, about the guy that picks up the plates. There's a guy who comes to our house, and uh, we had Nick. We sometimes will have a nickname for people uh, because they they live up to their reputation. And his wife's <laughs> name is Miss Chardonnay because she loves her Chardonnay and tends to drink a lot. But her husband Quinn caught him <laughs> grabbing a piece of china and turning it over and checking out the label to see where it was. Oh, you had that so before. Gross. Oh, oh, I know. I've, oh, yeah. I've seen that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so we, uh, I'm not yeah, surprised by that of, at all. Uh, I know. Um, People are yeah, noisy. Well, I mean, so my first question is, like, where do you keep all this up? And the second question is, when do you find time to do all of this? You yeah, both that was have always the second question. <laughs> yeah, well, it is. But give us, give our listeners a rundown on, on what you two do with day jobs. Quinn, you start. He's got the really. Well, good I'm job. an obstetrician gynecologist. So, and I, people keep asking me, are you still delivering babies? And I've made up my mind, if, you know, the next person who asked me if I'm still delivering <laughs> babies, I'm suing for ages if it's going to be a class action suit because, yeah, I'm still doing it. And I'm still having a lot of fun. Um, but, yeah, I'm, uh, you know, I'm 63, and, um, but I love uh, entertaining as well. And I think, uh, you know, I don't, I don't have any problem doing both. I mean, a lot of it is time management. You just have to be uh, you have to be good with managing time. You can do get a lot of stuff done. So you, Plus, you mean you know, really attentive to details? I mean, details, the monogrammed napkins, and the I mean, <laughs> the themes. The, well, I don't want to get ahead of myself. Why don't you explain okay. um, to our listeners uh, what your aim is in this book? Well, we started the book, uh, this is Quinn, we started the book with the intent of trying to preserve some family recipes. Uh, you know, people are getting older, and we're hoping that, uh, and, and some have actually passed, and, uh, you know, those um, metal recipe um, containers, and then they have the individual index cards but um, of, of recipes. So we have some of those as well. But we, we wanted to sort of preserve family history because family has meant a lot to both of us. And then um, we also had this piano concert with the Louisiana Philharmonic Orchestra called Rock and Bach, and that stands for Rachmaninoff number two, concerto number two, which I played, and then Bach concerto number five, which Michael played. And um, I'm a researcher in postpartum depression, and I said after this big big event in our lives. We're going to have postpartum depression if we don't get something else going. It's like so, that, isn't uh, it? It's like it that. Is. It is. It's kind of a big letdown. So uh, another project got underway, and that was called Mo and Show, and that stood for Mozart and Chopin. Um, <laughs> and we use these as ways of uh, raising money for, for different charities in town. And um, with photography and parties and we were in magazines and stuff we just decided we, we really need to put it into a book there's actually another story about it that involves uh, more english people michael you want to tell them about uh, antonia fraser oh this is pretty funny uh 
Lady Antonia Fraser is the, the famous biographer. Yeah, right. In London. Her daughter, Flora, stayed with us a number of years ago, and she was such a great guest. And Flora said, uh, we were going to London, and she said, well, I'd like to throw a party for you. You are so gracious in your hospitality in New Orleans. So when you come to London, let, us, let me know. And so we called her, and she threw a luncheon party, and she says to Quinn, well, who would you like to be at the party? And Quinn starts throwing out big names, and she says, well, of course, sure, no problem at all. So he says, I want Nikki Haslam, the famous decorator, and I want your mother, Antonia Fraser. So she says, well, sure. So Antonia's there, Nikki Haslam, it's a big party. And afterward, Flora gets up to, to give a toast, and she says, well, I'm, I'm, I'm so excited that all of us around the table have written books. And we both sat there. I looked down. I couldn't even look at anyone thinking, like, I've, you know, I've never written a book. Not in, <laughs> uh, uh, nothing. <laughs> I've written an article in, in a newspaper. Quinn may have written some things before. That yeah, I mean, I do research in gynecology, but, you know, the, those are never on anybody's coffee table, I can tell you. Yes. No, no, uh, no, no anatomy. So anyway, we got on a plane to come back to New Orleans, and Quinn said, well, that is it. That's humiliating. We, I have never written a book. I'm going to write one now. And so he starts going on, and I'm saying, have fun. I'm not about to go try this. And then we finally – he starts talking it up and talking it up and naturally convinces me to do it. And I said, okay, listen, we're going to have a good time with this because he's the visual one. He wants to have the beautiful table settings. And I like to write, and I like the food part, and I said, I'll work on the food, and I'll work on the writing. You work on the writing, too, and you do the tables. And that's, that's how it worked. Um, I would do during the day, I would work on my part, he'd work on his, and then we'd combine efforts. So it really, and it was a fun project. COVID happened, and we were home a lot. We weren't going out, yeah. so it gave us a huge thing yeah, to, I mean, a project I was, to work on. I was still delivering babies. Here, I've broken my own room <laughs> rule. I was delivering babies during COVID. I was a first responder, but still, there was a lot of time at home because they. You weren't uh, supposed you know, to do that. I didn't know that. Well, the hospital closed the uh, clinics down because just to oh. decrease the traffic coming through. But labor and delivery never closes. That's got to stay open. Uh-huh. So um, COVID gave us a chance to. Uh, be together during the day and um, chat about this, and so it just it just kind of happened from there. Well, you know, um, uh, you're such shy dressers. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's bold I, stuff. I was no. fascinated yeah. with your socks. I guess it was Quinn's uh, socks. Yeah, I yeah. he has I more more outrageous. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, my I, I love wild socks, and that's another English thing. The English have have great great sense of socks, and um, you know they're also. That one, my husband has all those socks. I never knew that it was absolutely. an English thing. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Up and down German Street, every shop has got bright, wonderful socks, and you know they're easy to match in the laundry too. That's another advantage. <laughs> yeah, it is. Well, maybe you just don't care. Right. And you all have been to New Orleans, so you know this city is very colorful. A lot of southern dandies here. Yes, it's not quite as as shocking as if I were probably in the Indianapolis airport and had on bright purple socks. People would probably be staring at me. But, but here, it's a, little, it's a little more accepted. Yeah, I, I worked in Indianapolis. <laughs> I know about that. We, we, haven't, we haven't crossed the point where you explain how you finished up in New Orleans. At least I don't think oh, so. this is my. Oh, it's my hometown. I grew up here, born and reared. Oh, you and grew generations, up. Okay. Yes, and generations of we call them New Orleanians, 
so it's in my blood. Quinn grew up in the Memphis area and also a lot in the sort of farmlands, cotton farming land of Arkansas in the Delta area. And so uh, we, we, we wanted this book to also showcase the Creole cuisine as well as the, the typically Southern cuisine. They're, they're very different. Right. Yes. Yeah, we know Charleston pretty well, too. Um, yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's wonderful. Mm-hmm. I, I, oh, I love I never food. knew about Yardy Gras. Oh, <laughs> yes. That was uh, that just came about apart. during COVID, you see, because uh, yeah. Mardi Gras, everybody thinks it's, you know, this one day in the New Orleans calendar, but it's actually, it's a festival. It, it starts January 6th and goes all the way to the actual Mardi Gras day. But it's kind of a cottage industry in town. People make their living and they work all year long. If you look at those oh, beautiful they? beaded gowns and the crowns, those beads are hand-sewn and it takes years to put all that together. So because of COVID, you know, so many things shut down and we wanted to help support and keep that cottage industry alive. So people started taking the papier-mâché props that would normally be found on a float and putting them on the front of their house. And then you could drive around in a car and have your parade that way while you're still socially distancing and isolating um, during lockdown. So that's how Yardi Gras came into being. And well, it is fascinating. Great. It's a local term of art now. It's a real term here, Yardi Gras, because really? we have so many beautiful floats that, that take place during these Mardi Gras parades. And when, they, when the floats and the parades were canceled, people just started using all those wonderful, beautiful props on their houses. And so now we have Christmas decorations, and then come January 26, people start putting up all their carnival decorations in their houses. And it's, it's really, really fun. And yeah, I mean, Orleans, I, I think it's just an amazing city. Go ahead, Robert. No, New Orleans, yeah. New Orleans also, also has a food and wine event, which we've been to. Yes. A, a, a number, a number of times, shall we say? This is the one that finishes up in the in the uh, in the store, store with all the sweetheart. Which, I'm, I'm what? Losing it. I'm, not, I'm not sure what you're talking about. The, 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 the big the store on, the store on no, it's a store on I think it's just Royal Street. Royal Street, and, it, and it's a it's an antique shop. Oh, wow. oh, right, that's Maybe right. I MS forgot Rallis, about that. Which, yeah, is that the antique shop that you talk about a lot? I can't remember the name of it. Um, we well, have we mentioned a lot there. of antique shops. We have a lot of friends that own them. We've become friends with a lot of the owners too. Oh, yeah. So. Um, this is that um, Royal Street Walk where they where now a lot yes, of antique yes, stores exactly. open up and jewelry stores and you go in and have wine showcased by a wine purveyor and then food on the street. It's really fun. The only thing is they do it at, I think in July or August, so it's it's not cool. Uh, it's hot, but that's all right. The, the inside of the buildings are nice and air conditioned, so you don't you don't sweat too much. But now the that. Um Oh, I, I, I loved your fish plates. I mean, I have a whole set of them that I never oh, use. I yes, I try to use them. They were my great-grandmothers, and uh, yeah. I love those fish. Uh, people were given fish sets a lot for wedding gifts, and I think it was my grandmother, but she was handed it down from her mother. And uh, I think, you know, during these big, not just Creole, but, but on, in big families, fish, the fish course was a, was a whole course. Oh yeah, and the whole the, the big fish came on that large platter, and then everyone had each each person had individual plates of of pieces of the big fish. 
I love mm-hmm. to use them. They're beautiful. I think they're all. Yeah, really, I, really I have beautiful. them. I just have never used them. You, but you know, yeah. Um, sure. You are. Yeah, good I, have, I have a lot of stuff. <laughs> I was. I was really pleased to see that you have more than I have because <laughs> I always feel kind of guilty about it. <laughs> Don't feel I, guilty. I also, and I keep. Yes. Yeah, I keep telling I, I people also, if you have it, use it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, dear brother. The, your, your father's birthday party, is that a Marilyn Monroe impersonator? It is indeed. Yes. It is indeed. She's dressed and, in and that And she came out of a cake. Just like gentlemen from mm-hmm. her blondes, and she came out of a package. That was actually a package. <laughs> and uh, she's saying happy birthday, like Marilyn Monroe saying happy birthday to John F. Kennedy, uh, the president. Yeah, and, I uh, remember the restaurant yeah. stopped and applauded wildly. It was, it was a scream. We did not know how his dad was going to react to this at all. We thought, uh-oh, it's either he's going to be frowning or he's going to laugh. Thank God he laughed. And now, do you know the term you know, you tribute remember, artist? Mm-hmm. You, rem- you remember the term. time we went, time we went to, uh, we, were, we were set to walk through the garden district, and then, mm-hmm. and then, we, were go- and then we were going to have lunch at Commander's Palace. Oh, nice. Yeah. So, we, so, we, so we did all of that, and we got to Commander's Palace, and we, we had a reservation, but I, but I didn't have a jacket. Well, your jacket was going to become available <laughs> about two hours later. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> but that, that you know, probably is not. Restaurant. Yeah. Go ahead. Um, yeah, I mean, I love reading about Galatoire. Are they still going? Oh, yes. Lord, yeah. And they still have a rule for evenings to have, you have to wear a jacket. And they have yeah. a yep. gigantic a set of jackets for people that don't have one, which I like. Yeah, you well, Peter, so they no gave Peter one that was four sizes too big, you know. Yeah, it, <laughs> oh, no. It made it to the back of the chair. No, no, yeah. just back of the chair. I never, I never yeah. Maybe it, it fit well after you had debate Alaska, huh? <laughs> tell, yeah. tell me this. What did you think of Princess Anne? What did you think of Princess Anne? Princess Anne was absolutely wow. marvelous. I am a chairman of the English-speaking Union of the United States. Oh, I wanted to mention uh, so, that. She uh, she was she's a patron, and so she she's actually the it's it, the official title is the president, and um, she committed to come to do a fundraiser in New York City for the English speaking union, and we had to cancel it two times because of COVID. So the third time that we scheduled it, um, we were so hopeful there were still reports of COVID, and then Her Late Majesty Queen Elizabeth II died a month before the event. Oh, and dear. a lot of people said, oh, no, she's going to cancel again. But um, she, is, she is such a dedicated, devoted person um, mm-hmm. to the royal family, to everything. And She's like the only one that really turned out well. <laughs> she really worked. And, you know, her schedule is probably like so many other people's. If you, if you cancel, you just never get caught up. And she actually came. She came. And she was just fantastic. Um, she she just gave a rousing speech and used minimal uh, note cards. Uh, I was so impressed with her uh, ability to charm the audience and just charm people. She was just fantastic. Now you are acknowledging your, that you are um, 
to the nth degree uh, Anglophiles, right? Well, I think Michael may be more of a Francophile than an Anglo. He's an Anglophile, yeah. but and an Iberophile. But, but you, you also it? like the French, I see. <laughs> We do. I love the French. I'm on a French on the board of a French organization and a Spanish one. I was a Spanish major and did my junior abroad in Spain. So I love both France and Spain just as equally. But you know, I I don't know why I've never heard of this of the organization, the English speaking organization. What's it called? Why did I never hear English about that speak, before? English speaking union. Um yeah. it was founded in uh, nineteen eighteen at the end of World War One in the hopes that That's if people said, spoke yeah. a common language they would uh, you know, you might make treaties instead of war. And it has just morphed into different things over the years. But it's very active and it's active globally. We have branches all over the world. Well, um, I don't know why I never heard of it. I mean, so there would be branches here. And real. Oh, yeah. I, uh-huh. yeah. Yeah. I, There's I, a Pittsburgh branch. Yeah, I think there was at one time. I'm not sure if they're, if they're still active. But, uh, yeah, no, it's, uh, yeah. it's definitely worth pursuing. Yeah, I, I also loved all of your stories about the, the events you planned around your book club. Tell us our listeners about this book club. I mean, book clubs oh. come and go, and the yours has endured for a long time. Give me the oh, secret. you have read a lot. I will. You've seemed to you've read a lot of this book. Um, I'm honored. I if know. We, <laughs> in the mid '90s, we joined a book club. I joined it first, and then got Quinn to join it. And uh, it was and some uh, there were about five people, and um, then it grew, and we've, this book club has continued on since the mid-90s, and every book, we, I mean, every month we read a, we read a book, and sometimes it's, it's a classic, or it's a new book, and if it's a new book, we want the writer to have won some sort of a prize, so it, it keeps too much, you know, some, some stuff that's not very good coming, so, um, and what happens is, each time, not every person, some, some, one of our members just buys Popeye's fried chicken and everybody expects it and we all love her Popeye's fried chicken. She has no creativity when it comes to her entertaining, but she has a gorgeous house and she, she puts out the chicken and she uses her china and it's wonderful. But a lot of people want to do something thematic about the book. So if it's, if it's a scary book, um, for example, it's, we read Frankenstein. And oh, our friend Dan will put out um, Frankenstein cookies and all sorts of Halloween things, and uh. and so Quinn and I sometimes pick the book we want to we want to host, and uh, because it can be thematic, so that's why in the in our book we have Vanity Fair and we have the chicken curry which was served, or one time we we read Rebecca and Quinn found two actors to come in and play Mrs. Danvers, that was really <laughs> funny. No one was expecting that at all. Uh, so it's a great excuse to, to be very creative and, and entertaining, and it's, it's a lot of fun. And everyone appreciates it when they come to the book club because it's not just a book discussion. They have something fun, or they, we might even do a costume where we all wear something thematic. Yeah, usually yeah. in the book there will be meals and whatnot, and so if, as you're reading along you get ideas of different things, to, different things to make that tie in with the book, which makes it kind of fun. In fact, this is a funny one. We read Goodbye, Mr. Chips, which is set on I was just going to ask you about that. I have the book <laughs> open to that page, actually. Yes. And Quinn because, said, I, mean, I looked at Quinn. I loved it. And we're reading the, yeah, we're reading the book, and I said, we cannot have 
boarding school, British boarding school food. This is hideous I, because it was not very great at the time. And so Quint said, yes, but look, you can see that Mr. Chip serves pink cupcakes to his students. So we did have pink cupcakes um, and, and we had English food. It ended up being quite good. We have, we have a lot of those little funny things you have, like the commemorative mugs and things like that, you know, with, mm-hmm. the, with the, uh, the, yeah, all the English stuff. Um, I, I, yeah, I'm looking at a whole page and you have everything. You've been doing this for a <laughs> oh, while, yeah. I can tell. Um, yeah, collecting a long time. Yeah. Well, um, some of it goes back to Queen Victoria, so we weren't exactly around for for that coronation or the uh, <laughs> jubilee, but uh, people know that we like it and they give it to us as gifts. So I guess we're, uh-huh. we're collectors of that. One of the things we have that's a little bit unusual is we have we have a glass container, I guess you would call it, and it was for the coronation of Queen Elizabeth in 1952. Mm. Um, and, every, every, and everyone, everyone in my mother's school must have got one. <laughs> oh yeah. She wasn't. She wasn't much a collect. She wasn't much of a collector. Uh huh. No, that's interesting. It, tell me about this. Um, uh, the uh, the of full birthday uh, with this cake. What is oh. it? Oh, okay. okay. Well, Quinn, you do it. That was, uh, you know, when I finished at University of Oxford, I was coming home uh, back to the United States. But I told my parents, uh, I had stayed with my roommate in her uh, townhouse in New York City, and I was like, wow, this is just an amazing city. And I'm just letting you know, Mom and Daddy, I'm going to either, I'm going to live in New York, I'm either going to medical school, I'm going to work for Mario Boada, this decorator who I had met, <laughs> chatted with, and you know, uh, remember the power of prayer in the Southern Baptists. They must have had a prayer meeting because I got into medical school. And uh, oh, so that's yeah. where I went. And uh, But Mario Brada was a wonderful decorator and a wonderful friend. And oh, yeah. uh, he, when he died, there was an auction that really just was stratospherically uh, fantastic and successful. And so... Uh, what you see on that page on the table is a tureen in the shape of a is, is in the shape of a conch shell, and it has like uh, carved uh, uh, salamanders and you know different things related to the sea. And we have such wonderful seafood here that I thought it would be an appropriate gift uh, for myself on my 60th birthday, which happened during COVID. <laughs> so um, oh, that's a shame. Instead of taking a trip somewhere, I. Uh, I had a, a Mario Boada expense at the auction and had and served dinner, uh, seafood dinner here at home. Wow. I've always loved him. I mean, he's wonderful. Um, oh, I forgot. You, I, I mentioned the, the Peter that, um, that he went to Oxford. <laughs> yeah. And, and Peter's reply was, Hello, rabbit. Yeah. Uh, I, I what did he say? Which is much more, which is much more interesting. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the other rivalry. And the, th- <laughs> the, three, the three years that I, that I was up, as they say all the time, it's, how it's, it's up, mm-hmm. not down. Cambridge won the boat race three years in a row. While I was oh, my gosh. 
it had, it had nothing to do with my contribution. <laughs> and and, and they, 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 went, they went on to sweep the Oxford 15 at Twickers. <laughs> Can you imagine remembering all those years no. <laughs> The sense of triumph comes back. It's not always been that good for our side. <laughs> we, we, we live on we live on past heroics after all why not well mm-hmm. that's interesting because the year that I was there uh, there was a set of twins from Canada who rode for Oxford and they won the Oxford Cambridge boat race every year that we were there and then they won the gold medal in the 1980 was it 82 or 80, 84 Olympics I think 84 yeah oh, you have to understand, sports, sports is what's really important to the British and Cambridge and Oxford people likewise. So no, absolutely. Recruit, I mean, the bank, I remember the recruit, bank was closed recruit, that day. Recruit, hmm. recruit, but this, this guy must have been recruited 10 years before. <laughs> I'm not sure, <laughs> but it was definitely a memorable event. And now, and uh, listeners, be aware uh, that, that there are also great recipes in this book. In fact, I mean, I used to make shrimp remoulade a lot, and oh, I haven't really? made it in a long time. And I looked at your recipe, and your recipe is so much better than the one that I always used. I think I'm going to switch uh, over to yours. Yeah. Oh, I love shrimp remoulade. We have a really good friend who runs the. Uh, New Orleans Food and Beverage Museum, and she is a she's truly an expert in in cuisine and cooking. She's just wonderful, and also she's a really kind and wonderful person to hang out with. Her name's Elizabeth Williams, and we had a a, a Creole dinner. It was Black History Month, and uh, Quinn did a, oh, did a whole video. Here. Yeah, he did a video for the as he's general. He's the honorary general consul to. Uh, for Great Britain here in Louisiana. And uh, we had a whole Creole dinner, and it was fascinating. And um, Liz came and gave us her shrimp bromelade recipe, which, which is it, terrific. It's, it's really oh, good. Oh, it looks it's not wonderful. That's, I'm gonna, actually, I haven't made it for a long time, and yours looks so much more interesting. Um, it's spicy well, you know, in it's, a good it's, way, not hot. It's, it's wonderful talking to you. Um, what is, is it? A couple of last comments you'd like to make about what you hope people will take from this book? Well, I think that um, what I hope people take from the book is, you know, throw the doors open to your house and invite people in. It's such an honor to be invited over to someone's house. I mean, it seems like anybody can make a reservation and, you know, even pick up the tab at a at a restaurant. But when you really throw your your doors open and make the effort. People seem to be so appreciative and it's really a memorable occasion and entertaining at home is just, it's just a wonderful thing. I grew up with it. Michael grew up with it and uh, yeah. we want to pass it on. Now the only thing now, is you, sometimes, when, mm-hmm. go ahead. I'm, I'm, okay. Sometimes when we're, when we're doing, Oh, okay. Yeah. Sometimes when we're doing a presentation, it's the one thing I don't want to happen, and it has happened a little bit. Some afterward, we show these beautiful table settings and this fine crystal and nice china, and then somebody will say, "Well, I don't want to ever. I can't entertain. I couldn't have you all over because we don't have these fine things." Uh-huh. And I say, "Oh my gosh, no one cares. No one cares at all. To receive a, even a handwritten invitation means so much more." And I know this is. I feel like we're 
kind of stepping back in time a bit because a lot of people don't, they send emails, which is fine. I love to get an email with a, one of those evites and you open it up. I think that's terrific. But uh, it is nice to kind of take, take what your grandparents may have done and, and, and modernize it and have people overwrite it, write an invitation or have them come. And if you want to, grocery stores now have unbelievably good prepared foods. So you can go to your yeah. local grocery store and get the fried chicken or, or the carrot souffle or the sweet potatoes that they do and maybe cook one thing on your own, use a crock pot. I use crock pots all the time. I love them. And uh, do a few things that, your own, that are your own and then bring in someone else. But everyone loves to go to another house. So don't, and don't feel embarrassed about your house or anything. Have them come over. They're happy to be there. That's, yeah, that's not everything. Not everything we have is really, really fine. We've mm-hmm. got, we've got some, uh, you know, things with a lot of necks uh, from yeah. youth. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I love that because that, I, I understand about that broken things. I'm, oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. A spoon that hit the um, garbage disposal is tor- you know has dents all in it. Too, that's fine. Too bad. <laughs> well, they, um, you had one, one episode where something happened just before your stove stopped or something. Something happened. The oven broke. The <laughs> oven broke. Yeah, I mean, it reminded At me of Thanksgiving. Uh, we, we had a uh, uh, open day. Um, I mean, a, a Christmas day open house every year, which kept growing, and uh, we're, we're pushing it to about. Finally, we stopped it when it was pushing to 200 people coming through our house. But um, oh, for oh, it was terrible. We have sent out invitations saying we wouldn't be home. People, <laughs> one year we didn't even. <laughs> we people were, came. They people still came. <laughs> we, understand, yeah. we understand. people came and wondered, wondered why we weren't there. Yeah, oh, but the. I think the part of the story that Anne wants to wants to emphasize is there was one particular year where we were we were having some plumbing problems, shall we say? Mm-mm. We were having problems. Some the morning everything was being created for the for the brunch that afternoon. And I, take a guess at how much it costs to get a plumber to come to your house <laughs> on Christmas Day. Day. Oh boy! Oh no! Oh, no. <laughs> oh. Yeah, but uh, the, the dishwasher emptied out over the whole kitchen floor. It was really wonderful. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Um, you, you, another thing you mentioned is some was it a book where you were uh, asked to uh, cater to some kind of risque themes or something? What was it? Oh, a risque thing. I can't think. I'm trying to think it about was, that. When we published that, yeah. you mean it was the, one so, of the books? It, yeah, I think so. That's probably it. So, yeah. I wondered how oh, many gosh, requests you had for things like that you couldn't do. <laughs> oh, well, we didn't have any erotica, I'll say that. But at one point, we had banned books, and somebody did. did. Oh, this guy in our book club, I hope, I hope he's not listening to this podcast, but he, he, would, <laughs> um, he, he, he would come up with the wildest stories and things like, oh, I – my car was sucked up in an earthquake in Panama, and I met <laughs> Elkie Summer with her pet leopard on a tennis court in Hollywood. God, I mean, he had some of these absurd stories, and he decided for the band book month he would host, and the book he chose was The Happy Hooker. Do you remember this from the 1970s? <laughs> Maybe the late yes, 70s. I do. <laughs> and we all show up, and he starts talking about how he knew the writer, knew the 
writer and had her black book and oh it was outrageous but oh yeah and he said he funny. said that he is the reason she escaped america with her money because he convinced her to put her money in tra- american express travelers checks and go to canada Oh, God. Oh, it was so ridiculous. It was a controversial book. It was banned in my office in the current day uh-huh. because my office manager kept walking, kept watching me walk in with a book called The Happy Hooker. And she's like, listen, <laughs> for the gynecologist's office, I don't know if this is a good thing for you to be walking in the door with there. Yes. Oh, oh I knew funny. you guys were going to be fun. Uh, listeners, do yourself a favor and get this book, Classical Shindig, by Michael Harold oh, and Quinn Peeper. It's a joy. I mean, I'm happy reading it. I'm happy seeing how happy you guys are with your entertaining. And, and it's, it's just a jubilant book, and I loved it. And thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us. Well, thank, thank you. For you. Us we on appreciate it. It was fun. It's an honor. Well, Hopefully, I'll see you soon, huh? Yes. Yeah. Have a good weekend. Else, and thank you again. You can close it now. Podcasting services for On the Menu Radio are provided by ASP Station, www.aspstation.net.